Today's episode of Beyond the Scrum is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from the experts at GoToMeeting, all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Find us on smart speakers or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. You can also listen at gotomeeting.com slash tips. That's gotomeeting.com slash tips. Hello, everybody. You're listening to Beyond the Scrum. I'm Mark Carrig, senior writer with The Athletic, and I'm joined by our co-host, Andy McCullough, also a senior writer with The Athletic. What's up, Andy? Hey, did you notice last week how Trent made sure to say that he was also a senior writer? That's true. He's not insecure or anything. Well, I don't, I mean, <laughs> I guess we should stop saying that because it makes us sound like jerks probably, right? Like, it no really one does. It really just No is, one cares. It's just us telling, you know, everyone else like, hey, just so you know, like I have a title that's inflated slightly more than your inflated title. <laughs> Right, like do you're you right. Feel, he got do you, do you think Ken Rosenthal is like hi Ken Rosenthal, senior writer at the Athletic and also <laughs> lead baseball analyst for Fox Sports or MLB Network? Uh, or who, does he still work for Fox Sports? I don't even know. Yeah, no. Well, is does he do yeah, TV? He does. He does. When they used to televise live sporting events. Oh right. <laughs> Remember that back in the day? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh my god. Yeah. I don't think I don't think Ken he's running around going, I'm a senior writer for the athletic. <laughs> you know? Or I I lost hundred and fifty pounds or whatever. Yeah, well, all right. Yeah. Sick brag, Trent. We get it. Yeah. You, yeah. You drank enough. shakes for a year and made your health a lot better. Congratulations. Yes. yes. Your clothes fit, Uncle. <laughs> You're right. Right. You don't you don't buy shirts and say, well, maybe one day I'll fit into this. Hey, have I mentioned I'm a senior writer with The Athletic? Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a senior writer <laughs> at The Athletic, and I'm uh, aspirational to wear a large T-shirt. That's me. <laughs> uh, maybe one day I'll wear a large T-shirt. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I was, yeah. uh, before we were uh, doing this podcast this morning, I was watching some live sports on uh, on my iPad, Andy. I was watching... Some baseball from Taiwan. Okay. And uh, man, was that weird. <laughs> They've got cardboard cutouts of fans in the stands. No, they don't. Do uh, they really? They do. They do. Oh, yes. No. They've got announcers who are like, <sighs> okay, so one of the things that drives me crazy about announcers is that they just say these dumb announcer things. Like, I think a lot of announcers are really good. Mm-hmm. And there's that subset of those announcers that just say, stupid ass announcer things that don't mean anything so a guy slaps a single to right field and it's that's a good piece of hitting Mm -hmm. you know but a a guy hits one 450 feet not a good piece of hitting but anyway like it so it's these two dudes on there in this empty ballpark saying all these announcery goober things over you know like it's it's third level professional baseball so they're really good players but it also looks like they're you know third level professional baseball um yet it was comforting 
<laughs> which I guess was the odd part. Like I'm, I was making breakfast again this morning, and and I had it on as background noise, which which you know I think a lot of people watch baseball that way as background noise, and sure. you know what? It did the job, mm-hmm. which surprised me. So uh, <laughs> kind of weird. I don't know why I brought that up now, except I just did it. So uh, anyway, were there um, any players you recognize? Is there any you know like is Luke Scott playing over there or anything like that? <laughs> no, I mean. There are a couple of guys that had played in the major leagues, but I mean, I, I'll be honest, I had to Google them. So, okay. I, I mean, there weren't like, I mean, there are dudes with like six and a half ERAs, you know, pitching for the Tigers, you know, five, six games or something like that. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody like, not in the game that I was watching anyway, but mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> I, I found it oddly comforting. Which I, and I wonder, like, how many people had that experience? Because I, I was looking, and you know, there's a couple people, or a couple thousand people watching this live stream, yeah, uh, on Twitter. And I looked online, and I saw people tweeting about it uh, a little bit. So it wasn't just me. And I guess there was another game going on. Um, I wasn't watching that one, but I saw some folks tweeting about that one as well. So uh, I just wonder how much people are just missing sort of that background noise. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair, and I think that kind of gets into why, you know, there's a lot of fans who are desperate for baseball in any form possible, you know, like the, you know, the Arizona Biodome plan that we talked about kind of last week, and so, um, yeah, I I get it. I mean, I I certainly uh, empathize with that uh, point of view. I just, you know, I think it's... uh, you got to weigh. You have to make really hard choices. You know, whether like, are you going to watch Taiwanese baseball tomorrow? You know what? If I'm up and and you know have some time and and things that I've got to go do, like yeah, I'll probably have to be honest with you. Why All not? Right. If it's All on, right. on in the background, like I mean, it sounds corny and cheesy, and I get it. But mm-hmm. man, it was strangely comforting. Even again with these goober announcers saying their goober things, it was super comforting. And you know, mm-hmm. there's a couple like there's some good hacks taken in this league. Apparently. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. You know, I guess it's because you're getting pitchers that are throwing it over the heart of the plate, not on purpose. Right. And you got dudes that know what they're doing with the bat. I mean, right. like these are like full swing, full extension, falling over and watching the ball on the line take off like, you know, 390 feet into the That's gap. Beautiful. Yeah, man. Like it was kind of fun, but That's good. you know, I, I think people are just like, jonesing for it which and by the way did you see uh fauci today uh, uh there's a youtube video personally no i did i i did not see Fauci. no you didn't see him no you didn't see him you didn't see no. him in the hallway or anything no like no that. i didn't no i didn't see him he he actually made a reference to uh the biodome yeah. plan say you know basically i mean it wasn't anything earth shattering i just thought it was interesting that he'd acknowledge that that's baseball's best bet to get a season in the books somehow. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I think it, I think it is like that, but that's the thing. Like, you know, there was a story out, uh, you know, Bob Nightingale had a story out in USA today, kind of writing about, uh, you know, another plan that baseball is talking about, which involves sort of, uh, you know, having a grapefruit league and a cactus league, you know? And so all the teams mm-hmm. who train in Florida doing there, but you know, that makes sense in a uh, more ideal world, but you'd have to do the same things for the biodome in Arizona, except for spread across the infrastructure of Florida and using a lot more, you know, busing and stuff. So uh, it, it, that that plan is more complicated than the Arizona plan. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think that the hard, the hard part about the Arizona plan is there are so many problems and potential, um, 
you know, drawbacks with it. And it's also probably the best bet to play baseball this year. And that's kind of what Fauci was talking about. And that's why, you know, Major League Baseball has moved forward with this. You know, as Ken Rosendahl has written, um, you know, and Jeff Passan has written for ESPN, like this plan has uh, support at the very least for exploration from federal officials because this really is the best bet, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think... You know, that's something that's kind of dawning on people slowly that, wow, this crackpot crazy scheme that seems like it's destined to fail is the best bet. And so, yeah, it's uh, strange times, Mark. Strange, strange yeah. times. Well, both things can be true, right? I yeah. think it probably is the best bet, and it is probably, given all the complications, going to fail. I mean, I right. think if you had to make me bet right now, like those are probably the most true things you could say about these plans. And it's funny, uh, speaking of Taiwanese baseball, I was watching this and, you know, part of the plan is talking about guys keeping their distance. Um, You know, I, man, it's like hard for me to imagine people sticking with that. It's Mm -hmm. almost like, remember when they put in all those little things about speeding up the game, stepping out of the box or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, you know, they were, they were all over it for like three weeks Mm-hmm. And then it was back to what it had been for a hundred years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm watching these guys in, in this empty ballpark in in uh, Taiwan, and you know, there's there's cheerleaders at these games, and one of the male cheerleaders had like a surgical mask on. Yet they're like, you know, fist bumping in the dugout. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're sitting next to each other in the dugout. Right. They're they're shoulder to shoulder as they're doing like a little home run dance in the dugout, which I thought was kind of cool, but also wait a minute, I thought they were supposed to not be around each other. Right. So I, you know, like I just, it, it's so difficult to imagine, you know, people doing that. Even like when they shut down baseball, I was in spring training. And mm. in the days leading up to that, when they had the um, closed clubhouse policy and people were kind of distancing on their own, it was still like, you, you would talk to someone, like I found myself talking in an interview where we were separated by whatever it was, six feet. And by the end of it, it we were like right next to each other, like, like normal. And, mm-hmm. and neither of us had noticed it. In fact, the player reached out to shake my hand. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It, like it's, we just gravitate right back to these things. And I don't know, I thought about that watching that game today, that, that, that human nature part of it. Um, I don't know how they're going to work around that. Yeah, I I totally agree. I mean, I think that's that's part of the uh, that's part of the real problems, you know, with doing this. Yeah, that's part of the real like dilemmas. It's just it's not going to be easy. It's not it's not going to yeah. be easy. You know, it's not going to be no. easy to get around human nature, as you said. I mean, that was kind of what Terry Francona told uh, Ken for that story we did last week. Is just like some of this is just impossible. You know, what happens when guys like meet at second base? Like when there's mm-hmm. a, someone tries to steal a base, like you're going to have human interaction. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it, hopefully, like I hope anyway, that there's some baseball back this year. But uh, last week, Andy and I wrote a story um, basically listing some of the guys we're going to miss seeing this yeah. year if they don't play. And uh, we picked one per team. So it's 30 players. Um, some pretty obvious ones in there, some non-obvious ones in there. And so Andy and I split them up. And I thought we would, like, cycle through a couple of those today. Sure. So I I don't know, Andy, like, who stood out to you? Who would you like to pull out of that list that you recall that you're going to not you're, – you're, you're going to miss not seeing this year potentially? Yeah. Uh, like, there was a bunch that come to mind, but one for me is you, Darvish. 
mm. who I would have if I, I was actually planning on doing a you know a kooky tweet something to the effect of like you Darvish is my pick for the National League Cy Young Award um, because I feel like uh, he looked real he see like Darvish is such an enigmatic player in a lot of ways and that you know he seems at once like incredibly talented and then incredibly sort of you know tormented or sometimes you know almost bored with the basics of you know what you know how to perform in baseball and um you know he's he's constantly sort of going through you know phases where he's working on different pitches or you know he's struggling to kind of the you know there was one time like when he was with the Dodgers when he was talking about how like uh something the effect of you know how like when you're walking and you forget how to put one foot in front of the other and I was kind of just like no I've I've never experienced <laughs> that you know like he just he he is so interesting he's one of the more interesting players Players, you know, in the sport, I think for a lot of different reasons, and so, uh, but he looked great this spring. Um, you know, his fastball hit 98. I think in his first start, you know, he had a ton of uh, you know motivation, and and he really would have been like if the Cubs were going to try and compete in one of this sort of last gasps of you know their would be dynasty. I think they would have been really relying on Darvish to pitch like an ace, which is something he's done before in his career, but has never really sustained uh, you know for a, for a lengthy amount of time. And so uh, that's one guy who comes to mind. And, and I and I look at these 30 guys as less about like as less about like oh these were the players we most like to watch or these were the players who are the best or you know these are the guys who have the most exciting highlights but more just like which players you know contain multitudes you know contain like mm-hmm. storylines and tell maybe a bigger story and so like Darvish is one who you know kind of as he goes maybe that's the way the Cubs go and the way the Cubs go is really fascinating as we you know we talked about with Sahadov a couple weeks ago is like that's I mean this is just a really really intriguing story this you know would be dynasty as I said that has kind of gone awry and you know might it might be the end for this sort of group so um, you know that's one guy who who came to mind for me what about you so you know and by the way i'm glad you said that like it, these 30 guys are the ones that are you know interesting right like yeah, yeah right, they right. want you want them to be good and and worth watching but also they should have a little more to them than that so right. you know in, in that regard like one guy that stuck out to me actually it makes me sad to think about it because i think he's had a hell of a career and and has been a good story it's nelson cruz yeah um, nelson cruz is so good and <laughs> yeah he he's so good at at, at at an advanced age and obviously um you know gone through the biogenesis scandal sure that had a black mark on his career but when you look back and and you see what he's done since then uh you know people talk about a-rod a lot as far as that career rehab nelson cruz has become this goodwill ambassador for the sport yeah and on a team that had a lot of attention last year and he was a big part of why they did so well not just you know what he did on the field but you talk to anybody in that organization you ask him who's setting the tone in here they're all they're all saying nelson cruz and and you wrote i thought a terrific story on it last year that illuminated some of this stuff but you know that was for me, like that was one of my favorite teams to keep an eye on all yeah. last season. And, and part of it was just knowing that, you know, here's Nelson Cruz who had gone through that, had made horrible mistake, mm-hmm. took a beating for it publicly, uh, and then, you know, basically rebuilt himself, rebuilt his stature, rebuilt his career to the point where they sought him out for, yeah. his, for his leadership. And guess what? It played out that way. And I, and I get, 
you know, people say it's very popular, say it's overrated and whatever. And like for a long time it was, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean it doesn't matter. Right. Okay. Like it right. still matters. And, yep. and I thought that was a perfect example. And I think it's a bummer that look, Nelson Cruz is at the end here, right? Like he's only got a year or two left. You would right. think at his age to be a really good player. Mm -hmm. And now he's not going to get a shot potentially right. this year. And that, I think that's that's really tough to see for, right. for someone who's rebuilt himself, I think. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I think both of us have twins fever for a variety of reasons. <laughs> uh, you know, a uh, really, really enjoyable organization to deal with at, at lots of different levels. Uh, but also just like that was, a, I mean, you know, that was a kind of fun team to be around last year. Uh, you know, in my limited interactions with them, you were around them a little bit more, I think. But uh, they were a fun group to be around, a lot of, like, young, talented players. And then you've got Cruz, who's sort of, you know, the grand poobah, sort of uh, who they all, you know, look up to and revere. And then you take that sort of element, and they, you know, it was really interesting. They basically said, like, we need some edge. And so they went out and got Josh Donaldson, you know, who's like the, the guy with edge, you know, the guy who brings, a, you know, a little bit of sort of snarl and swagger to the room that maybe they felt they were missing. And that would have been really, really intriguing to see. And, you know, Donaldson's still going to be around next year. They signed him to a multi-year deal and all that stuff. But, you know, you're talking about a team that added Kenta Maeda, that added, you know, America's pitcher rich hill i mean they were really gearing up to, <laughs> to try and make a run this year um yeah i mean it's uh you know for for me like with the twins you know the combination of having rich hill and then also potentially you know our mutual friend hideki okuda around uh covering them would have given me even a, a, a you know a, even more sort of twins affection so yeah i mean oh, th th there's guys like that but you know it's also like I mean, uh, you know, we talked about this, you know, on our on our Dodgers podcast, the Scribes of Summer, but, like, there's a chance Mookie Betts never plays for the Dodgers. Yeah. I mean, how crazy is that? Like, you know, yeah. the Dodgers make this just sort of, you know, earth-shattering deal to add, you know, kind of the second, you know, probably, I'd say almost unanimously, the second best player in the sport in Mookie Betts. And all of a sudden, he's. They may have to, you know, they may leave in free agency. You know, Francisco yeah. Lindor might get a year, you know, further away from being with the uh, the Cardinals. I mean, you know, you got to wait another year to see Garrett Cole with the Yankees, possibly. I mean, there's just so many. The thing is, I mean, you could say this about every baseball season, right? And maybe, and maybe we're just, you know, being overly sentimental because the sport is gone and we don't know when it's coming back but it feels like this year there were so many interesting subplots there were more teams trying there were going to be some really good division races and you had these two superpowers on the coasts you know gearing up to end lengthy you know streaks without a title the dodgers obviously haven't won since 1988 and the yankees haven't won since 2009 which you know for yankees fans feels like longer than 1988 probably you know <laughs> so it's just, you know, it's just, it's, it, it was, I think it was an interesting exercise, you know, for us to go through and kind of look at all of these, you know, for pretty much every team, I, mean, I don't know, maybe for 25 of these teams, it was pretty easy to figure out someone we 
really, really wanted to see. Uh, you know, maybe for the Orioles it was a bit tougher, uh, you know, that sort of thing. But, um, you know, <laughs> like the Texas Rangers are opening a new stadium, and they went out and got Corey Kluber for, you know, kind of a bargain. And they were basically betting on Corey Kluber, this, you know, ace who had won two Cy Young awards, basically bouncing back after a weird, you know, ineffective and injury-laden season last year. And now, you know, you're not going to get to see that this year potentially. And so, um, yeah, they're, they're, I don't know. I mean, were there any others that really stood out to you of guys who you were, you know, thinking about and kind of bummed out that you're not getting to see that subplot unfold? You know what? You had an interesting one to me here at Kasten Hiura with the Brewers. Yeah. Um, because, you know, obviously Yellich should be uh, the obvious choice yeah. there. Obviously sure. great player and, and all that. But I, I'm interested in Hira too. Like he's kind of a different type of player and maybe one that is, was getting undervalued for a long time, but he gets up there, makes contact, mm-hmm. um, you know, sort of uh, trying to figure out where to play him and all that stuff. But like he, he proved that he can come up and, and hit big league pitching, be an yeah. impact player. And he's kind of an interesting story too. You yeah. know, he's a, uh, I think he'd come from like a college program and I think it was Northridge. It wasn't like a powerhouse college program. Right. Uh, initially anyway, or, or, and, or anyway, like he was not somebody that, uh, early in his like career, people were like, all right, this guy is gonna, um, you know, be a high draft pick or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he sort of, uh, made it there. And also, um, and it's Asian American, actually, mm-hmm. it was very rare it, yeah. to see Asian American college baseball players. I think it right. was something like 1% of all college baseball players are Asian American, which, right. um, you know, I thought was very interesting. And, mm-hmm. and yet here he is and an intriguing player for a good team. And by the way, like to your larger point, I don't think we're being sentimental. I actually agree with you, man. Like mm-hmm. I thought, coming into this season like we've spent the entire winter time talking about oh my god teams are trying right, look at the cincinnati right. reds yeah. Yeah, holy yeah, crap yeah. They're, look at the yeah. white Sox. the white, white Sox, Sox are yeah. back oh my god you know yeah. like the, all right let's not say the white Sox are back i'm not exactly sure right. when the, the white Sox were ever around <laughs> the white Sox are here <laughs> the white Sox exist yeah <laughs> the white Sox are present yeah but i mean like okay the white Sox. we all joking aside right the cubs win a world series right and the white Sox, who get kind of invisible there when they're no good anyway are now just like on a different planet within chicago all right mm-hmm. like there was that espn thing a graphic after the cubs won it they're talking about how chicago's had this title drought they mm. forgot that the the White oh, Sox had won a World Series in really? 2005. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Like so, I mean, that's <laughs> and that that you know, as I don't have to tell fans of that team, like there's always been that chip, right? Yeah, like they're right. the second team, whatever. Um, and so for them to do what they did in the offseason, I thought like getting Grundahl, huge yeah. move. That's relatively early too, so like it set a tone. And and man, we wrote all offseason. Look at these teams trying. This is great for the sport. And yeah. now. You know, might not see uh, baseball at all, which, ah, man, it's just an awful thought. You know, it's interesting. You were talking about, you know, uh, you know, the Brewers and and the Brewers to me, they're kind of doing like a, you know, like a, uh, you know, like a cheese curds and beer version of what the A's always do, which is like they're (laughs) they're kind of tearing down and shedding payroll while still trying to be good. And I think the A's have, you know, turned this almost into a science. Um, It helps that they have, you know, three superstars or potential or, you know, out of three really good players in their infield. Um, But, you know, the Brewers is like they, they shed a bunch of payroll, you know, 
know, they they kind of let Grandal go, and and you know, it was just kind of going to be an interesting like kind of proof of concept test with them if they can kind of you know do continue to kind of you know compete while not spending, which again like is probably not something we want to endorse because you know we're all sort of contractually obligated to say that baseball players need to get paid more, um, but. It's uh, it's interesting. It would have been like an interesting kind of experiment this year to see how that worked. Um, and and then you know just kind of with the A's, like that was a team that had a lot of confidence, a lot of talent, a lot of the elements kind of in place to take on the Astros, the villains of the sport. You know this sort of uh, humbled, but maybe not so humbled. You know, uh, mega power juggernaut, whatever you want to call it. And like that would have been a just a fascinating thing to track. Um, um, day by day, you know, month by month to see if the A's could overtake the Astros as the Astros just kind of, you know, walked into every ballpark in the country and were just booed out of the stadium, you know? <laughs> Dude, the Taiwanese broadcasters took a shot at the oh Astros this morning. <laughs> hey, did the Taiwanese broadcasters know any pro wrestlers? Oh, man. <laughs> Can Question. Some, these pro wrestlers, man, you got to be kidding me. WWE has hey, been hey. declared an essential service, but they won't talk to me for a story. Unbelievable. I was going to say, you didn't get a jobber yet? Not one single jobber. Not one single jobber. Not no one in wrestling will contact me. I mean, the story's you know, story doesn't work now anyway because there's not going to be any fans in stands, <laughs> so it just doesn't work. But oh my gosh, uh, no fans, no heels. That's how yeah. it goes. Hey, Mark, um, you looking... wrote a uh, you wrote a really nice story uh, a couple days ago under uh, you know pretty awful circumstances for for you know obvious reasons about Anthony Causey who's uh, the longtime photographer at the New York Post uh, who passed away due to complications from the coronavirus. And, uh, you know, I think I would recommend everyone go and sort of give that a read. Um, and there's been so many great tributes. I mean, I think the, the Post has done a, a really, really nice job of explaining, I think, really, really accurately just who this guy was, you know, and why he meant so much to so many people. But maybe, Mark, you could talk a little bit about that story and kind of a, you know, a, maybe a larger point about all the, you know, the things we're maybe sort of learning not to take for granted as we go through this time. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, Andy and I were talking about this the other day because, you know, Andy had worked in New York. I think if you've covered sports in New York, you know Anthony. Yeah. Like that's really simple as that. And yep. um, one of the things I find myself missing so much uh, during this time is, seeing some of those faces, those people, whether they're scouts or the other writers or the players, the people that you cover, whoever, right? Like there's so many more than just who you cover. And it's also just the folks who are around all the time. And Anthony Causey was one of those people. Um, if you look at those tributes, and there have been so many nice ones written about him. Yeah. Um, you know, he's this larger than life personality. Mm -hmm. And uh, you always knew when he was in the room, if you didn't say hi to him, he was going to say hi to you. Um you know, I told a story in that column the other day that I think uh, is classic Anthony in that, you know, Ioannis Cespedes, he can be difficult to cover. Um, he's mm -hmm. sort of a moody guy. I, I like him. He's an interesting dude, uh, but, um, you know, also moody. So you just never knew what you're going to get, except if you're Anthony Causey, because Anthony, as great a photographer as he was, um, was equally good with people. 
And I think if you if you do those things well, if you can tell stories well, which he did through his camera, and you're also great with people, that makes you one hell of a journalist. And Anthony Causey was one hell of a journalist. So mm -hmm. uh, this was after the Mets had won the pennant, and uh, you know Cespedes spent the first two weeks of spring training driving an exotic car down to camp. Like, I mean, it was like one day it was a monster truck. Another day it looked like an RC car. Uh, another day it was like a $400,000 tricked up like sports car that you'd expect to see in some race. Like, I mean, it was some crazy stuff. So there was one day where he brought what looked like a dune buggy to mm -hmm. the park. <laughs> and and Kazi is like, hey, give me a ride. And I'm just like, no way. And what, what does Cespedes do? Walk over, opens the door, and off they go. Like, Causey squeezes into this, this shotgun seat, and they take off. He's taking pictures all the way through. I'm like, man, mm -hmm. there it is. Like, that's this guy. Like, he, he made everybody comfortable. So what's been, you know, again, awful, obviously, what happened with him. Um, but it has been uh, nice to see these tributes coming out, not just from, you know, his fellow journalists, but also from the players that he photographed, which is mm -hmm. uh, super touching and uh, yeah, man, like just tragic and awful. And um, I think all of us knew to a certain level that the park wasn't going to be the same after this. Um, and right. you lose a guy like Anthony. Now it's 100% like really true. It's concrete now. Like he, It's, it's going to be weird to be there and not see him around, not see him talking to his teammates, not see him yuck it up with the other writers, not see him, you know, holding court with the other photographers. You know, that's sort of their own little biosphere too, right? The, the sports mm -hmm. photographers, they gravitate toward each other. And, and Anthony had been such a well-respected, well-liked member of that group. So, um, you know, just awful, awful news. Yeah, just, yeah, and I think, you know, uh, there's a GoFundMe set up um, for him and his family, which I think a lot of folks have donated to, which uh, is really, really nice to see. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, it makes you think about just sort of all the people you come into contact with day to day through work who, you know, maybe you don't know all that well and maybe you're not super close with, but they sort of... Um, you know, just cheer you up or it's just the little things that, you know, you, you learn to appreciate, you know, the people you see on the road in different cities and you have, you know, these small interactions that, um, you know, really stick with you, uh, that you don't really even understand their, their meaning until later, you know, it's not like it wasn't until, you know, I came off the road this past year after, you know, nine years on the beat that I, you know, realized I missed, you know, various things about traveling and things like that, you know, because you, because all of a sudden it's you don't have it anymore. And so um, I think that applies, you know, not just to what we do, but to, you know, to everyone in every facet of life, you know, as they're sheltering in place and, you know, trying to, you know, to stay home and stay safe. It's just, uh, you know, it, it's I mean, this is a time for introspection, right? I mean, it's, it's certainly mm -hmm. not a time for being an extrovert um unless you're like on a zoom call um but yeah it's <laughs> there are just so many things that uh i'm looking forward to experiencing again you know through this job and so many people i'm looking forward to seeing again and you know that like it's yeah, it's 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 hard, man. It's a hard time. It's a hard time, I think. Yeah. There's, no, there's no point sugarcoating that. You know, I think no. if you sugarcoat that, you know, you frankly you come across as a jerk, I think. Yeah, no. It's uh I think you own it, right? Yeah. Like this is it is it, I hate the phrase, but it is what it is. 
it's it's awful it stinks um you know and i think it's okay to, to own it to wear it to just just admit it and you know, i don't we we're talking yesterday andy like dude i hope frank's all right you know like frank in in yeah. philadelphia like you talk about yep. the people you sort of like get used to seeing it's like this so frank uh works in the uh press box dining area at citizens yep. bank park and he has for many years um and and frank you know frank used to be a salesman i think it was a salesman for a uh and he used to do uh work with I, mean, I buy that he's he sold me on more ice cream than i ever wanted to eat <laughs> I mean, so frank is yeah, like personally like, responsible for like five pounds on me i think yeah frank frank uh yeah, he's he does the ice cream there, and and if you uh, if he gives you a scoop and you decline the second, he looks at you like you <laughs> committed a grave offense. But um, you know, like yeah, like I, we're talking about people that we miss seeing around. Like Frank's one of them. It's like so many of them. You know what I mean? And and um, hopefully, uh, it's not too much longer till we come across those guys again. Like what? You know, you're you're still working on stories, Andy. What's it been like? Uh, to sort of navigate this. Now, it's been a month, more than a month, yeah. I feel like, since um, everything shot down. What's it been like for you adjusting to this? Um, challenging. I, I don't think there's any point in, like I said, sugarcoating that. It's challenging, you know, but uh, I think The Athletic has done, uh, you know, not to toot our own horn or whatever, but I think we've done a good job of at least trying to combine uh, some retrospective nostalgia type stuff with also, you know, covering the current moment and, you know, Ken and Drellick and Jason Stark, um, you know, have done a really good job with that. Molly Knight had a, had a really interesting story yesterday, kind of looking at, um, how a lot of these players and baseball, baseball has basically been co-opted for a, uh, you know, an antibody study, um, which is interesting. I'm not sure how exactly that, uh, that I think people see that and maybe think, oh, great, baseball is coming back. It's like, no, no, that just means they're helping a lengthy effort. But it was, you know, it was a really interesting story. And, you know, so she did a great job breaking that. And I, so I, I think as a company, you know, we've done a, a, a really good job of, you know, weaving in the present with also, I think, what a lot of people are leaning into, which frankly is the past. And, um, you know, and I've I've kind of fit into that same mold. I've written a few things about kind of what's going on, and you know, maybe kind of reporting out some of my uh, I guess internal skepticism about the feasibility of bringing back baseball, but also you know trying to trying to do some things that you know are kind of fun. I called Ned Yost, uh, you know, last <laughs> week, and you know we talked about the thing. You know, um, you know Ned and I probably bring out the best and the worst in each other. Uh, you know, in a, in a lot of different ways, and so uh, it was it was uh, entertaining to kind of fall back into our old you know rhythm very quickly. He's uh, he's he's very he's a character that is for sure. But you know, working on some some different stuff. Wrote a story about Dave Matranga, who's Aaron Judge's agent, who had one hit in his big league career, a homer in his first at bat. Um, you know, got some stuff coming down the pike, looking back at some Royals things and, uh, you know, a game in 1974 that I think was really funny and interesting and yeah, but just, you know, trying to, trying to stay busy, man. I think as, as much as, as anyone else can, I imagine it's the same way for you. Yeah, I, I think so. I think, uh, you know, it's, it's been tough just structuring the day to be honest, sure. like, uh, 
usually you wake up and like you take care of what you got to do around the house, get the baby fed, whatever, and then uh, you know, drop her off and you go to work. And you do that for a right. while, and then the end of the day's here, then you're, you're back with your family. And now it's like mm-hmm. um, everything's sort of muddled, right? So yeah. Rosie right now is probably torturing her mom on the other side of the house as, as we speak. <laughs> um, you know, like, uh, you know, Joanna's going to have to try to get some work done today. I've got to get some work done today. But I will say the one thing that I've enjoyed about it, and, and you touched on this a bit, Andy, uh, there's some really creative people in the company. And yeah. I think given that there is the time to actually kind of scratch that itch when you've got something you're curious about and you get to just, you know, indulge yourself and ask about it and write about it. Um, some mm. of the work that we've seen come out of that has been really cool. So I yeah. think that's been kind of an inspiration, honestly, is to to see people embrace it and, and see readers embrace it. Like uh, I, mm. I wrote a thing about a dumb video game that I played when I was a high school freshman and sure. had questions about it and got lucky and found the guy that made it. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like got, I, I thought it was pretty well received just from other people who had a similar experience and had similar yeah. questions. So, um, no, it, I think that is the one part of it that, uh, has been cool is just seeing the creativity from people. So, um, you know, like I'm, I'm just, I, I just promise, make me a promise that you're not going to have me whacked on this podcast in favor of, of Ned. <laughs> no, Ned would never agree to speak to another Are you sure? human being. For you? Yeah, uh, yeah, for me, trust me. Ned has been social distancing his entire <laughs> life. Uh, like, Ned, <laughs> trust me. If there's one thing Ned doesn't want to do, it's talk to people. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I used to say that about you, Andy, and now we do a podcast. Yeah, beyond well, the scrum, and then and then scrums went away. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, now yeah, that's true. That, this this podcast was ahead of its time. We knocked scrums out of business. Yeah, scrums are gone, man. Gone. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I would love. How badly would you love to be in a scrum right now, man? That would be great. I can't even believe I would. <laughs> Blocked I out scrum, of the back. Man. Our arm around someone's ear. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how, yeah. How badly would you just love to smell the bo of the guy next oh, to you as you lovely. as you lean in and hear a player say like, "Yeah, I mean that's you know what happened was what happened," and um, yeah. No. Oh, yep. Bo and open-toed shoes on dudes. <laughs> what a time. Yeah, just be like, uh, was it uh, was it difficult at all because of um, how you pitched in your in your last outing? Uh, yeah, wasn't thinking about that. Um, you know, I was just trying to trying to get guys out and uh, need to do a better job with that. Talk about that home run. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I miss it. Anyway. I miss it. I'd give anything. <laughs> I miss it, too. I'd give I anything to be too. back in the scrum. Uh, foofs, come back. Come <laughs> back, foofs. Uh, All right, man. Andy. Well, well, we'll talk to you next week, Andy. Yeah, that sounds good. Hey, thanks for listening, guys. We really appreciate you sticking with us. The feedback's been cool. And if there's anything, you know, you guys want us to talk about or any guests you'd like us to have on, send us a tweet, you know, send us a message, send us an email. We're, you know, we're open to ideas. Uh, we're trying our best to provide interesting content every week. It's a bit of a challenge, but, hey, we're all in this together. And so, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, that was Andy McCullough, senior writer for The <laughs> Athletic. And this is Mark Carrig, also a senior writer for The Athletic, just like Trent Rosecrans, also a senior yep. writer for The yep. Athletic. We'll see you guys next week. Everybody be safe. <laughs>